Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. This is the Repack. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. We'll say what's up to the people, Tex. What's up, everybody? Ugh. Dumb day. Rough day. Dumb fourth quarter. Dumb dumb fourth quarter. That yeah. I keep getting reminded. Uh kind of came down to a delay of game on the kicking team that turned into a punt. I mean that would have yeah, been a difference first, in the drive, game. man. Jeez. Yep. This yeah, that that whole sequence was a mess, but this very much felt to me like a two thousand eight game all over again. Right, you get your your first time starter, starting quarterback, trying to kind of figure things out, and then a defense that just yeah gives away a, a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. How many times did the, the Packers defense do that in two thousand eight uh, in in Rogers' first season? So, just yeah. felt like felt like we've been here before. It's the whole they got to learn how to win thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just yep. too many too many dumb little things. Um, Atlanta Falcons win twenty five twenty four. Green Bay Packers were up 12 points, 24 to 12, uh, entering the fourth quarter. Atlanta rallies, scores 13 straight. Um, where do we want to start? Uh, I, I, I guess let's <laughs> let's go just top down. I mean, the the number one guy everyone wants to know about is Jordan Love. Um, he had three three touchdowns again today, back to back. Rodgers had three three touchdown games or one three touchdown game all of last season. Jordan loves got him back to back. With that being said, love did get one on a little touch pass thing to, uh, yep. uh to read on a jet sweep. So I'm not sure that one should actually count. Um, but well, you know. I think, think about how many of those did Rogers have in the last couple of years with like Aaron Jones on True. the pop passes and Devonte. So, I mean, he racked up some, some numbers that way too. And, and still, uh, still only hit the, the three touchdown mark once last season. So it's, I, I do think there's a little bit of, um, stat padding that, uh, that goes into that just from, from play design all across the league. Um, yeah. that, that offensive coordinators and head coaches, you know, they want to get their quarterbacks, those touchdown passes on the stat sheet. So, um, for, you know, for a long time, those, those jet sweeps were just straight handoffs and they realized, okay, if we can just, you know, have that ball float in the air for half a second, it's going to count in the box score as, as a pass. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the, the coaches around the league are doing that just to, to appease and, and make their quarterbacks happy. The run game, not good. Mm-hmm. As, no. as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, AJ Dillon ends up getting 15 carries in this game for 55 yards. It looks worse than that. Um, he gets stuffed in a couple short yardage situations. Uh, the toss plays that we brought up last week, <sighs> they're still there. They still don't yep. work. Um, LaFleur even mentioned in the press conference this week or, or today, um, 
that you know he tripped over his feet a couple of times. Yes, yes, dude. Mm-hmm. Dylan, Dylan's been doing He's... that for four years. Exactly. This is nothing new. Like, I mean, and he caught, he cost them, he almost cost him one first down on that, uh, that third and two where he tripped on his own, then got up having, having not been touched and, and jumped over the line that we had to go to review for. And then there was the one on the, the last or the second to last drive in the fourth quarter where he just straight up falls down and ends up being short of the first down on third and short. You can't do that. You can't do that as a six foot, 245 pound running back. What are you doing? Yeah. What are we doing here? I when when we were running the reacts polls this week about I, I think it was like three quarters of the fans said that you know they wanted one of these backup running backs to test AJ Dillon. Emmanuel Wilson ends up getting three carries in this game. Patrick Taylor gets one. I mean they they seem to have no interest in actually testing AJ Dillon, which is crazy to me because yep they don't really trust him that much in the passing game, like they talk big game about, you know, we like that. He's a big back that can, that can go out and catch the ball and stuff like that in crunch time. When it mattered, the guy who was out there for the two minute drill was Patrick Taylor. Yep. Crazy. I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. The, the usage, uh, um, I mean, T- Taylor's going to get his third call up next week. I'm, I'm convinced of it. And then they're going to, ha- they're going to pull him up onto the act roster when you know somebody ends up getting hurt and and they have to make room so that you know it's it's pretty clear that you know that he's the number two or the well like when jones is healthy right he's the number three in basically every situation but yeah the fact that he was out there playing in the the two minute in the um the hurry up um yeah, that doesn't that doesn't say a lot for Dylan. And Dylan only had one target in this game. I mean, he probably will end up having gone down playing 70, 75% of the snaps, and he had one target for, you know, and one I catch for eight was, yards. Yeah, I think that was the screen, right? Oh no, no, no. I think I was it was Patrick I think Taylor. It was, I was thinking the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there was a check down that that he took for like an eight yard gain, something like that. But but even so, that was that was it. You know, he he that's the beauty of Aaron Jones, right? The the versatility that he brings, the the fact that you can um you, you can flex him out wide a little bit once in a while. We saw that with Bijan Robinson with with Atlanta. They were doing that all game long with him. Um, you know, Jones doesn't J- Jones maybe gets a little bit overvalued for how much he can do that and how well he does it, but um he does that in a way that there's no way you can have AJ Dillon do that. And so, you know, him being out today was, I think the, by far the biggest of the, uh, the absences that the Packers had in this game. Yeah. We, we should touch on that. Christian Watson hamstring. He's out. Aaron Jones hamstring. He's out. David Bakhtiari out. Mysterious Uh. reason. We still don't know. Um, (laughs) What could it be? Yeah. What could it be? And then inside linebacker Quay Walker uh, ended up getting cleared um, from for concussion protocol on Saturday, so he was able to play. Those were the guys who had the question marks. I have, I believe, stirred up a controversy on Twitter.com <laughs> because I just want some fucking answers about what is going on with David Bakhtiari. I text. I need. You have to start this conversation because I've had. <laughs> I've I've been posting my ass off. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Where, where, where are you at with the David Bakhtiari stuff? The, I I understand he didn't practice all week, but we all know David Bakhtiari does not need to practice to play and to play at a high level. Um, he's demonstrated that for, for years at this point. And, and, and ever since he came back from, 
the uh, the knee injury and, and all that stuff last year. Um, but man, it it's really hard to to come up with a reason that isn't just he didn't want to play on the turf. I I can't I I I and it's 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 that much harder when the coaching staff and Matt Lafleur don't give you anything to go on. So I don't know what to believe, but in the absence of information, people are going to run with with you know it's it's Occam's razor that the most likely answer is the correct one. And from from what we could tell, um, yeah, dude just doesn't want to play on turf. And it would just really be nice to know if there was, if there really was something going on that, uh, you know, it'd be nice to know if that, if that was the case and, and that somebody would actually, you know, be a little bit willing to explain what, what is going on with him. I was like 10 points here. Um, first of all, Matt LaFleur <laughs> got asked about it. They're saying, you know, is it a turf thing? He's just basically shuts down. And it was like, yeah, I'm not talking about this, guys. Oh, okay. That's helpful. That's Great. so incredibly helpful when David Bakhtiari right now he is about to he's since 2020 no player has been more expensive on a per snap basis in the NFL than David Bakhtiari. I did the math. It basically turns into <laughs> um it's like $80,000 per snap is what is what Bakhtiari's payout ends up being since since the 2020 injury if you're including you know the signing bonus that's already been paid this year and then uh what was paid in 2020 uh, up front on the signing bonus on the contract the the thing with Bakhtiari's contract too and this is something I would like an answer for why did the Packers convert his his salary into a signing bonus if they didn't think that he was going to be able to play healthy games because they're already paying top of the market tackle tackle money i mean you're paying above and beyond at that point per game per snap if bakhtiari cannot go and he's not ready in week two week two (laughs) of the nfl season yeah i mean just just looking at his contract for next year right he's got one one year left on his deal speaking of next year he's gonna have a cap because because (laughs) the money because the money got converted into a signing bonus. We're paying for half of that next year. David Bakhtiari, yeah. uh, $500,000 is going to go on the 2024 salary cap for what Bakhtiari did today, which was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, he's, he's sitting with a $40.5 million cap hit next season. That's a $20 million base salary. 19 million in uh prorated signing bonus money that the Packers have already paid out. So no matter what happens with him, they're on the hook for almost $20 million next year for Bach for what he's done or not done in the last three years. Well, two, two plus years, which is all of uh 13 games now since the start of the 2021 season that he's played one game at the end of 21. That was that whole thing with week 17 with the lions and, and him trying to come back and, and couldn't do it in the playoffs. Eleven games last year, and now you know one out of two this year. Thirteen games over, um, you know, and then a couple at the end of the twenty twenty after he signed that big contract extension. Um, and and yeah, even if they move on from him this off season or or you know who knows at, at the deadline or something at this point, they're on the hook for nineteen mil next year no matter what. So here's ugh. another thing about this Bakhtiari thing, and this is the part that 
Uh, uh, hmm. I'll 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 just talk it out. Okay. So the Elton Jenkins thing, people point out Elton Jenkins hurts his knee on turf. You watch the video. That's not really what happened. AJ Dillon ran his big fucking legs into the back of Elton <laughs> Jenkins and ended up hurting his guard. Um, was, was that real quick? Was that the the play that got reviewed that he fell down on his own yes, and then yes. got up and, and picked up the first down? Okay. I thought yes. so. I, I, yeah. Okay. It, it, right. it was that play. Carry on. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will point to, so like Bakhtiari last week, right? Did the whole entire campaign talking everywhere possible about the turf injury and stuff like that, especially after Aaron Rodgers went down. Aaron Rodgers himself is like, I don't think that that the turf impacted that one. Someone just fell on the back of my leg. And that's kind of what, you know, the, the hashtag Twitter doctors have been saying too. Yeah. Right. Um, he, he got his leg fell, fell on and he's 39 years old and, yes. <laughs> and he hasn't really started lifting weights seriously until the last couple of years. So that, that checks out. That doesn't seem like a turf issue to me. The, what qualifies as a turf issue thing, I think is open for discussion. Um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people around who have been around this team over the last two years that are like, there's no way someone with a knee injury plays as well on the field as Bakhtiari has, you know? So at some point we have to get an answer of, is this a mental hurdle or is this actually a physical thing that, mm-hmm. that he's dealing with? Cause I, I don't doubt that. You know, his knee can get in, inflammation and stuff like that. There's liquid in the knee. He has to get a drain, all that stuff, right? What I want to know is, like, this turf stuff and where he's, like, hyper fixated on some of these things. Is that impacting his ability to get on the field? Because the Packers, more than anything at this point, the Packers need an answer on what the hell they're going to do next season, right? I mean, yep. you just mentioned He's going to have a, like a 40 plus million dollar cap hit just off of, you know, what he's due his last, his last year, plus all the back pay basically on, on the cap that they have to deal with, you know, money that they already paid him, but that they need to account for on, for, for the cap space. They have to get an answer. They have to get an answer. So there's no reason yeah. to, I, I understand people are looking at this and they're like, this seems mean. No, we need the pressure up. We need the pressure up. Because we have to get an answer. That's it. There, there's no more just push it away. Hey, sorry, I'm not going to answer that question. He's the most expensive player in the history of football on a per snap basis over a three-year span or whatever it is. We got to get yeah. an answer. I'm sorry, guys. No, I, I, I'm with you 100. This is uh, this has gone on long enough, and um, you know, I, I, it. Hopefully, they have some idea in the building. Right. That, that would be the, that's the worst case scenario. Right. Is that they don't even know what the hell is going on um, in, in the organization. I agree. I, I, I think that's I don't think that's practical. I don't and think I, that's, and that's I, realistic. I, I think I, them not trying to answer questions is them. Like protecting bringing him, the, bringing the boogeyman to life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. All right, the offensive line. Uh, Josh Myers didn't look like complete crap today. That's a that's a bonus. Um, Elton Jenkins was, goes down. Right. There was weird stuff going on the, on the offensive line today. Um, they kept the Rashid Walker like you bacon package where he's playing tight end. 
and they would work in Nyman at left tackle in that situation, which again, like yeah. this could have all been solved if, you know, a certain <laughs> someone could, could have suited up for this game. Um, Royce Newman ends up stepping up for Elton Jenkins. They say Jenkins uh, had an MCL sprain. They're trying to figure out how severe it is. So he's going to take an MRI tomorrow. I would assume it would be an injury that he probably ends up missing like a game or two for this year and then ends up coming back. Um, so, I, you know, we probably will see Royce Newman a little bit more this week against the Saints. Um, yep. Outside of that, not too much to write home about with this offensive line. The Falcons, as we knew, you know, didn't have much of a pass rush. I mean, Jordan Love beat Calais Campbell to the edge on, <laughs> on one of his scrambles. That was great. He was chirping at Calais Campbell, I think, like three times during the game. <laughs> bold call to do against a dude who is 6'8". Yeah, he's he's been around. He's he's seen it all in whatever you know, sixteen years he's been in the NFL. But um, but yeah, the pass pass protection for the most part held up well until very late. It seemed like the last driver to they started teeing off and um and were able to at least get get in Love's face a little bit. But I mean, he still only took three hits in the game. Um, the one sack early, I think, um, came on a blitz from the inside linebacker. That uh, that took him down. That was the only sack that the the Falcons yeah, had in the game. That one, so. that one was a weird one where they just couldn't sort out the the protection. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, the the one other thing that I would note that I thought was interesting was immediately when Newman came on the field in in repl- uh, replacement for for Jenkins, it seemed like the Packers decided this is when we're going to go to round. And I wonder how much of that was just take away. Royce Newman's high ping and just have him go forward and, and bully <laughs> forward and, and, and run block and not, you know, not have him have to try to, you know, diagnose stunts and things up front. Um, just, just put your foot in the ground, go block forward and, and don't have to think about it. How many times has Royce even played left guard? Cause I usually just remember him playing on the right side. I can't, I can't think of how many, I don't, I don't think he played there at all last season because it was always Zach Tom who was coming on at left guard. If something happened with Jenkins and they had to move him around. Um, I think Tom started what two or three games last year um, in the, the second half of the season because there was the, the flip flop of, of Runyon, I think. Um, yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I don't remember Newman playing on the left side really at all to this point so didn't see anything overly concerning um to your point but again you know falcons don't have a a real intense pass rush so see how it goes next week against the saints it's a good thing we don't have a rotating cast at left tackle um next to (laughs) next to royce newman um one thing i wanted to bring up just in the passing game i think love did a solid job i mean there was weird stuff throughout the game, like, uh, you know, the the blown pass protection, right, that turns into a sack that we talked about. Um, he gave the wrong keyword on the quarterback sneak, so no one knew yeah. that he was going to sneak other than him, right? That's another weird one. The, the decisions that I hope he looks back and he's like, I want those ones back because that was bad process, was the two times he tested uh, A.J. Terrell pretty, yep. pretty well. Like, th- there was a... I think it was like a third and five and Malik Keith, mind you undrafted rookie free agent, right? Runs a curl route against Terrell. Who's, you know, I think he was a second team all pro or something last year. 
And yeah, Terrell looks like, like he dropped it, but he could have taken it for a pick six on that play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, buddy, no, know your matchups out there. Yeah, that, that was not well, viable and- to 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 test AJ Terrell with Malik Heath. Sorry. Yeah, they they even said it on the broadcast that that Terrell knows unless he's got somebody with great speed matched up against him, he's just gonna gonna sit on on the short stuff and then trust his own uh his own catch up speed to to get him back into the play. Um the other one maybe was the the ball to the end zone to Dontavian Wicks that, yep. that he was matched up with Terrell one on one on the yep. smash route. Um which that was actually a really good throw. The fact that that was almost potentially catchable at all was was pretty impressive. So um it was so but you saw I mean Terrell just pop pop that ball yep, just, boom, just like yeah yeah <laughs> But I mean, in the third quarter, they spend almost an entire drive picking on Trey Flowers. Um, they get him for the, the pass interference. They get him on a couple of other plays on that drive. And then they go back to Terrell in the fourth quarter. And I, yeah, I, I didn't understand that in the slightest. I mean, the Packers have had success picking on Trey Flowers before when he was in Seattle. So you'd think that would be the guy that you would circle, um, right away and um i know they brought in i think mike hughes to kind of spell to uh, uh flowers a little bit too but um yeah that was a matchup that should have favored the packers you know regardless of of who that was that was matching up on uh on flowers yeah and flowers wasn't even supposed to start i mean that guy is supposed to be okuda and okuda's been dealing mm-hmm. with a foot injury the past two weeks um he was listed as questionable on friday i think they thought okuda was going to be able to go in this game yeah. and he didn't didn't end up being able to go. Um, I guess we could do vibe check right now. Vibe check for the offense. I feel a lot better about this team when their four best players aren't injured, right? <laughs> like that—that's a tough pill to swallow. I think someone yeah. tweeted at us and said uh, it's something like thirty-six percent of the Packers' cap space right now was not available for this game. Because of either, you know, it's the back pay to Aaron Rodgers oh. and stuff like that, or the injured players right now. Um, so it's not like they were playing with a full deck, especially on the offensive side, but still cool. wish uh, they would execute a little bit better. I'll probably go with like a six because I don't, nothing catastrophic happened. Um, it wasn't really the starters who were messing up. So it's like, I, I can't really yeah. go lower than that. Yeah. If if you're asking me this specific version of the offense with this personnel that we saw today, I'm at like a four and a half just because of how, right. how sluggish and ugly the running game looks. If you're talking, you know, Aaron Jones comes back, um, you've got, you've got Bakhtiari out there. Um, and, and, you know, you, you start adding Christian Watson in the mix, hopefully, you know, then I'm, then I'm back up to, you know, probably, you know, six and a half, maybe, maybe pushing seven. I still think that, uh, what we've seen out of love in general, these first two games has been, has been very positive on the, on yeah. the whole. Um, and we saw the rookie receivers stepping up today. Um, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, we haven't even talked about those guys yet, but, yeah. um, three touchdowns between the two of those guys. Um, Wicks, we tried telling Wicks. you, Wicks, yeah, he was getting open last week. They just weren't throwing mm-hmm. him the ball, so I'm not, I'm not surprised he ended up catching the 32 yarder and he got a couple, you know, uh, opportunities to make some big plays. Yep, yeah. So I think with with that, um, you know, they they were kind of talking about 
uh, I think I think I saw Love talking after the game about that. Uh, you know, Dubs wasn't really open a whole lot today. Um, seemed like Atlanta was really kind of keying on him a little bit. So I don't know. I think uh, you know Reed showed that that blazing speed that he that he has that kind of helped make him a second second round pick. The um, the little pop pass. I mean, him getting to the edge and, and getting to the yeah. pylon, and then I even mean, the, the second touchdown. Yeah. So that that's exciting. Um, and and maybe the Packers have one have a guy that can run some of that old Tyler Irvin stuff that that Lafleur has loved to run. Um, I think you can definitely do that with Reed, and and he's got a little more of that uh, that top gear than even like an Aaron Jones does. So, um, fun to fun to see what the Packers can do, kind of with him and Watson playing off of one and playing off of one another a little bit with with the speed that both of those guys have. Hopefully, once once Watson comes back, obviously. Yeah, and I thought, you know, Musk the Musgrave missed throw, I think it was on the first or second drive, um, with love. I yeah. think that was that was an interesting one because that just kind of shows that's another example of just like young receiver, young quarterback, right? Musgrave, mm-hmm. it, it's it's zone coverage. Musgrave runs through the crosser like it's gonna be man, which is what you're supposed to do against man. Um, you're supposed to settle up versus zone. And love throws it like he's he's settling up in zone. It just goes whoop and just hits the turf. And it's like, what happened there? You know, if you're unfamiliar with that type of thing, so those things will all get better. Um, again, not not worried about love really yep. at this yep. point. Um, seems like at this point we can identify like the best thing Jordan Love does is his manipulation of safeties and linebackers. He's so good. Mm-hmm. With it. I mean, he he's some of these throws. He's not throwing them blind, but he's legitimately holding the safety through the throw, which is very weird. And it, it's almost no look type of passes, um, but it's with very specific intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that that one to read last week is the the one that comes to mind, and and the same thing with that one in the preseason um, yep. where he just missed on, on Musgrave with the, the whole AJ Dillon blitz pickup thing. Um, it's, it's a cool skill set to see from a quarterback who's, you know, still so young and so inexperienced. So, um, that's, that's certainly exciting and, um, you know, look, look forward to seeing what, um, what more he can continue to do that with that in the future. Let's take a break and then we'll get into defensive vibe checks. And we're back. Tex, this Green Bay Packers defense had 91 tackles today. Do you know what that means? That's there wasn't insane. a lot of guys who were getting guys down on the first tackle attempt. Uh-huh. They needed a lot of help to bring these Ooh. guys down. Uh, B. John Robinson I... has 19 carries. Yeah. Tyler Algier has 16. Desmond Ritter, the quarterback himself, um, ends up having 10. Disappointing tackling effort. Um, disappointing run defense, disappointing spine of the defense, things that we were all mm-hmm. worried about. And that, uh, again, I, I, I said last week, I don't think we had a lot of answers for that against Chicago. I think Chicago was just a bad football team. And Atlanta at least had the offensive identity of, we want to run the hell out of the ball. And they did. They ran the ball 45 times for 200 yards. Um, there wasn't really a big, big run play that broke, but it seemed like every play just went for like seven, eight, nine yards. And then yep. Darnell Savage would flex. Rudy Ford picks himself off the ground. Like 
very annoying game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at the box score, and Quay Walker ends up with 17 total tackles. Devondre Campbell has 14. Um, the other thing that just that that gets me is. I'm looking at the stat sheet is Atlanta ran 78 plays on offense. The Packers ran 47. Um, that's, that's not going to cut it. Um, <laughs> just, just well, Atlanta simple, can hold on so. to the ball with their run game. I mean, it, it feels they can, and, for, for two yeah. games, it's felt like every AJ Dillon touch is just a burned play. And then you have to get back yep. on track immediately. The other thing that, well, sucks, and, and, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, the worst one was the second and 10 run again, uh, on the first three and out in the fourth quarter. Um, after an incomplete pass from love. And then of, of course that you just, you just feel the, the run for no gain coming on second and long. Yeah. Atlanta had 45 carries again, 45 <laughs> carries. The Packers had a TFL on one play. <laughs> I mean, if you need an example of. Atlanta just being able to reset the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's that's a pretty good one. I think at this point, we can say Wyatt isn't going to be that much of a game changer in the run game. He's going to help in the pass game. Um, Kenny yep. Clark has looked great through two games. Yes. Kenny Clark legitimately looks like an all-pro again, which is you know phenomenal thumbs up. Slayton um, is on the ground a lot for a big guy like that. And then yeah. Wooden and uh, Brooks, I noticed this less with Brooks, but Wooden, like, he gets destroyed on some of these plays. Like, he doesn't necessarily, like, look like looks like he belongs right now, but the Packers just don't have a lot of interior line depth. So, like, what are you, what are you going to do? There's plenty of times in, you know, the second quarter that Brooks and um, – and and Wooden are the two interior defensive line guys out there. So I don't know what you do. Well, start rotating yeah. these guys in at different times. Like, why is Justin Hollins, Lucas Van Ness out there at the same time you have your fourth and fifth interior defensive lineman? Like, and then you're wondering, like, that was part of the reason Chicago last week was was doing the no huddle stuff. They're like, oh, the backup D line is in. Let's keep them there. You know what I mean? So. Well, the, and know. the Packers have done this for years, right? It was, we, yeah. we would always dread the, the mass subs when, okay, they're going to pull off the, you know, they're going to pull off Gary and Preston Smith for like Jonathan Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton for a couple plays. And then almost instantly, you know, the team, the, the offense goes into no huddle to keep those guys in the field. Um, as, as far as Wooden goes, I'm curious what his playing weight is right now because he's still listed on the roster at 273. You can't be you can't be an yeah. interior lineman playing in the B gap at two seventy three at least not not every snap and certainly not expect to hold up in the run against a team like Atlanta. So that's that's a a problem. Um, that that to your point, I don't know if the Packers are going to have an answer for it simply because of that's what they've yeah you know, that's the the bed they made themselves with the the depth that they've acquired on the defensive line this offseason. Safety. Buda Baker was inactive today. Um, Green Bay was, <laughs> uh, you know, hashtag in the conversation uh, for Buda Baker um, earlier this offseason. Uh, mind you, uh, let me cornerbacks coach. I forget who, what, what the corners coach for Green oh, Bay. Oh, Greg Williams. Greg, Greg Williams. So he came in um, via Arizona. So there's a little bit of a relationship there. 
um, if you want to hit, you know, the ground running with Buda Baker. The Packers have cleared up some cap space recently um, with the conversion of uh, Yash Naiman's contract and stuff like that. Um, really, the the last thing that they could do to create cap space is uh, extend Rashawn Gary. I don't know why the Packers feel the need to create cap space right now if they're not in the trade market. And, you know, the Packers are struggling at safety. Seems like Buda Baker might be available. Um, worth keeping in mind. Just worth keeping in mind mm-hmm. uh, moving forward. Because I heard, you know, yeah, them, Jacksonville, New England, like there were a couple teams that were in the uh, – Pittsburgh, I think, um, were in the mix for, for uh, you know, upgrading and safety there. Ford played like crap. Savage is whatever. Um, Jonathan Owens got in a few snaps in, in replacement for Ford. And then there was like a, I think it was like a review or something like that. And then, you know, Ford was able to come off the sideline again. Um, Owens had a big play on special teams. Uh, that's pretty much all I got with the secondary. I mean, Jair Alexander got beaten a couple times by Drake London, just a big body guy. And I think yeah. that's what really what yeah. it came down I, to. I, he was complaining about push-offs. I, I didn't see the push-offs. I really did. Yeah, I didn't see much there either and and that seems like that's the that's the body type and the receiver type that Jair tends to have troubles with um is yeah. the the real big body um real physical guys um i almost think you know in in this game that's a matchup where maybe rasul is a is a better option to like follow a guy like london um not sure you know have to have to watch and see what they were doing if they were trying to trying to match up coverage with anybody in particular but um just physically you know, that seems like that would be the matchup that would, um, be a little better off. But then again, I mean, all these, these Falcons receivers are in that, that same kind of big body mode. And then you got, you know, Kyle Pitts, who's basically a, a glorified receiver playing so-called tight end. Um, and so you're kind of picking your poison there, right? Um, yeah. I mean, it, it all, just, the, all those guys are basically like just those yeah. hybrid wide receivers. Matt, Matt Hall- the whole thing. Yeah. Matt Collins is like I think he's like six three two ten same same sort of deal. He so, looks jacked. Um, he looks bigger than Pitts. Yeah, like, on the field he looks bigger <laughs> than Pitts. Yeah, he's big dude. And Packers got lucky that uh, his his one of the studs on his cleat touched the back line of the end zone there. Otherwise, it would have uh, that game would have been a little early over a little earlier. <laughs> that that rule seems dumb, right? Does it seem dumb to you? I feel like if you should <sighs> if you're able to toe tap. Then all that should matter yeah. is the toe. I yeah, I think the way I'd look at it is if you get both toes down um simultaneously or or you know, you you that kind of establishes your possession. And right. then if you're you know, if it'd be one thing if you go, you know, if you get one heel or you know, one toe down, the heel comes down, then the other toe you know, gets down, then, then yeah, that's, that's out of bounds. But if, if both toes are touching simultaneously in bounds, I, I think that's, it's certainly a, a, a rule that I'd be much more in favor of changing than say the fumble out the end zone is a turnover yes. rule because that needs to, that, that, that rule is perfectly fine and should never change. And I don't care what Mike Florio says, yeah. but uh no, I'm, I'm with you. That one's a little, it's a little funny. Yeah. Um, defensively, the other thing that people seem to be talking about is uh, there was a third, third and three play. Um, Falcons are in empty. The Packers are clearly in cover mm-hmm. one, which is a man coverage with a post safety in the middle. Um, and people are just 
mad that Devondre Campbell is, you know, five, six yards off of uh Bijan Robinson. Um because he was he was split way wide to the to yeah. the right hand side, right? Yeah, yeah he was that split one. way yep. to the sideline. Guys, that's how you're gonna have to play man. You can't play press man across the board. NFL teams are too good at getting these legal, again, legal pick plays. Mm-hmm. If, if you line up on the same level as everyone else, one wide receiver is just going to pick your guy. It's going to go for 50 yards. That's just the yeah. league right now. The, the, we figured out that the, that pick play and that it's legal. So no one, no one could possibly do that. That's just, if you guys want to play man coverage, this is what man coverage looks like. It includes a lot of off man coverage. There's not a whole lot of just press across the board do that stuff. The only time teams really do that anymore is playing two man. And then you basically have no pass pressure. So you have four guys in the run fit for six gaps minimum. So yeah, I, I, I don't know what you do. I, I it, to, to a certain point, it's not really about the scheme. I don't, I don't know if there's any scheme in the NFL that is going to stop offenses. Players just have to make plays and we don't have safeties that yep. can make plays. The inside linebackers aren't making nearly enough plays compared to uh, the amount of assets that you've spent on them. And then the interior defensive line is just not really getting any push. It's just not. So, yeah, I mean, that that play is is one that really underscores the matchup problems to me that that Atlanta posed for the Packers when when you can mm-hmm. split Bijan out wide to the sideline. Um, you know, I think they I think they were in 21 on that play. Cause I think Algier was in the backfield or, or maybe they were an empty, maybe it was an 11 or something, but still um, you, you can't, you can't have a corner go out and, and cover him on the, on the perimeter. You, you have basically no choice, but to put a linebacker on him. And then to your point, then you have, you have to play off to, to make sure that, um, that you're not getting picked off. So um, unfortunately that's when you get a, a, a really versatile player like Bijan, that's a play that you, it's just going to be make it, like you said, almost impossible to defend. Yep. Atlanta was always going to have the advantage um, as far as the skill players in that matchup, just because those guys are so talented and they can do yeah. so much in both the run game and um, in the pass game. It really just comes back down to the Packers needed to take advantage of the Falcons defensive line. Cause that's where they were the weakest um, really just the def- defense in general outside of Terrell, right? And they just weren't able to do it. I mean, they scored 24 points, but 24 wasn't enough. Could have gotten there with the field goal. Just <laughs> tough game, tough field to swallow. Um, defense, vibe yeah. checks. Uh, five? I'll go five. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> five. Like, it was yeah. certainly not good. It's not. Yeah, I, I, again. 31 tackles next week. <laughs> Yeah, and and again, some of that is is the matchup problems that that Atlanta poses. But um, you just want to see better individual performances from a lot of these guys. So. Lafleur was pissed, by the way. The, the way he <laughs> ended the press conference was just basically saying like they gashed us, they gashed us all day, and like, yeah, man, yep. they did. They do. What are you? Sincerely, what are you what are you gonna do about it? I mean, they were doing yeah. the Packers were doing some weird stuff. They got into four three looks. Um Isaiah McDuffie got a couple snaps as like a Mike linebacker with 
Quay and Devondre walk down. They're sending Quay as a blitzer and stuff like that. I don't really know what more you want them to do when it really feels like the, the issue is a talent issue at safety and the defensive line. And no one wants to hear that. And I understand the other part. They're like, well, Wyatt was supposed to get that fixed. I think Wyatt is, is a fine third guy. You need to find a second guy on the defensive line. Like that's that's well, your problem. And, and Wyatt, the, what he's been doing these first two two weeks shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, that was, was always kind of the the, um, the the comparison on him was always like a Mike Daniels type, right? He's he's a good interior pass rusher, but he's not going to be the you know, he's not going to be a run stuffing three tech defensive defensive tackle. That's not his game. That's not his play style. So that that should not come. As, as a surprise, yeah, you you need to find that complete second defensive lineman to pair with Kenny, and and those are harder to find. You know, that's it's it's tough so to find a Kenny find. Clark. They're they're so hard <laughs> to find, especially right now yeah. in college football when no one is playing a real defense, so no one is actually developing these interior defensive linemen. It's so hard yeah. to find. I I don't know if I've seen a worse stretch of defensive line prospects in the draft than what we've had the past couple seasons. Like, yeah, the only guys who could draft in the first round anymore are the kids from Georgia. Like, and the yeah. next one who's not from Georgia to go in the first round might be that bear kid from USC who transferred from Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that's where we're at at this point. Um, yep. Special teams, thought they made some plays, thought they played solid. Um, I guess CPAT is just a healthy scratch now. I, I thought we were going to see Corderell Patterson. Yeah. For the Falcons, he didn't end up making the making the cut for the team, but he wasn't really listed with an injury on Friday. Um, the kicking game, I have almost been lulled into a, a place of confidence <laughs> with Anders Carlson. Um, he's made everything that he's attempted uh, this regular season so far. I'm not holding my breath. Like, it, no weird stuff is happening. Feels like he got the all the kinks and stuff like that out in the preseason. But I will not let up because as soon as I feel comfortable, one of these things is getting blocked. The the one, I mean, the the big thing on special teams. I mean, we talked about it before. It was the delay of game on the field goal on the fifty one yes. yarder on the opening drive. That Which again, I would love sucks to and could have swung the game. Could have. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, know. I don't think anyone's assigned blame to that yet. Like I don't think that, anyone. That was what I was going to say. Is yeah, I would love to find out what the hell happened on there. If it was just the whole operation took too long to get out there. Um, I, I don't think it was like a fourth and short where they were, you know, mm-hmm. having and hawing about making a decision about whether or not to kick the you know, it, kicker it was, or send the offense out. Long, so, but I don't think that would have really influenced it. I think you always knew you're. Yeah. Kick so, right. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was a fourth and twelve. There's no. There's no. Yeah. You know, no decision to be made there. So, um, it, and it, it did shock me that, you know, once it got down to, you know, two or three seconds left and it was clear that they weren't ready, I was shocked that LaFleur didn't come out and, and try to get a timeout in to, to keep it, especially if that five yards was going to make that big a difference as to whether or not he was even going to attempt the, the field goal, which obviously it did. So that's the big, um, that's the big negative, the big knock for me on special teams was just the hell happened there. Deshaun, you psycho. You bad little boy. <laughs> he's bad he's a madman. He is a madman. God, oh dude. That, like the over-the-shoulder jumping catch at the back line of the end zone and returning it. I'm just like, 
Are you kidding me? Um, there was the the one kickoff I think after that too that that went out of bounds um through through the back line and he wanted to return that one too. And I'm he like, screamed. You could hear from the broadcast. He was screaming. He was so mad. He wants. His I, said, I said to my wife, "I'm like, what is what is he doing? He's, he's a psycho, is but a he, madman. He's insane." He, he took the two for fifty five, so it's not not even bad yeah. process. You get down to the thirty, you get down to the twenty five. It is it is fun to watch someone with that level of confidence back there. Yeah. That's all I got on that one. We yeah. looked fine. Agreed. Yeah, the only thing with Whelan that I'd like to see is I'd love to see him drop one and not have it bounce into the end zone. That's my yeah. one complaint. I think he's 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 have he's gotten a few too many touchbacks for for my taste so far, but um that'll that'll come along. I think I mean, he's still a baby, so we'll see how that goes. Special team five check. I'll go with like seven. Seven yep. seven feels fine. Seven is where, where I'm at. I am perceiving you. <laughs> I'm perceiving you constantly, dude. Because as soon as I stop, that's when it's going to go downhill again. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um. Oh man. Atlanta or or no, New Orleans, right? Is this week? New Orleans. Yep. Home opener. Um. Hopefully, a little little home cooking will be good for this team coming back and hopefully they'll be able to get a couple of these guys back in the field. I mean, it'd be nice to see Watson make his debut on Sunday. Um, getting Jones back would, would go a long way. I yep. think. Yes, please. Um, yes, please. On yeah. Jones. And we get the, we get the saints on a short week cause they're playing Monday night uh, tomorrow night too. So they, they're playing at Carolina uh, Monday night and then come home and, and have a short week before they come up to green Bay. So maybe that'll be good. We're in the weird stretch of the season where, yeah, so New Orleans is going to have the weird rest thing going into Lambeau. Then it's Thursday night quick turnaround Detroit Lions at Lambeau. Yep. Then it's long rest at the Raiders, which, by the way, uh, I think Devontae Adams got evaluated for a concussion today or something like that. So who knows what his status is going to be um, going into that game. Uh, that's going to be Monday night ESPN, and then there's a bye week. So we're in this weird, like, unbalanced rest situation for yep. the next three weeks and then there's a bye. Yeah, it's gonna be weird and I don't know, maybe this is uh with with an early bye, you mentioned Jenkins in the MCL sprain. I mean that yeah. he'd have to get through what, three games um to get through the bye. Uh, you almost you almost feel like he's probably not gonna play this week with an MCL sprain. Uh, I I bet um, he doesn't. I, would, I, I don't know about yeah. beyond this week, but I bet he doesn't play this week. Yeah. Yeah, if he if he doesn't play this week, um, the the then playing on a short, I think that's pr- especially with the Lions coming in on a Thursday night, right? Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if they if they want to maybe circle that one, um, for for him to come back. I mean, that'll be a big game. The Lions lost today too, for so sure. Packers are still still tied for first in the division at this point. So, um, could could do worse there, but uh, that'll be a big one on Thursday night in, in a couple of weeks couple more things on the way out. Someone asked me if uh, I ever had a knee injury because knee injuries are something that you can't compare <laughs> stuff to. Yes, unhappy triad. Blew out three of my ligaments and my meniscus at the same time. Had two surgeries on it over three years. Um, I want to there you go. Pour, pour one out for – did the Cardinals lose? They did. Oh, they what? did. They, okay, they so blew I a 28-7 t- t- lead. To the Giants, yep. 
I was going to do the Owen Tombstone thing and just, you know, RIP to a couple teams already. I had no idea the Cardinals lost. They were up like three touchdowns against the, the Giants. Yeah, it was oh it was twenty eight seven and midway through the third quarter and the, the Giants came back and pulled it off. So so put Arizona on the own tombstone instead of the Giants. Yeah, Cardinals, Bears, Bengals. Bengals is a tough one, but Burrow yeah. does not does not look healthy and they're throwing seventy times again. Well and he, he tweaked his uh calf again calf today, again. I think I saw. So that's I mean that sucks. Yeah. This is the end of that window where everyone is cheap for them, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's about to have to get to real yep. management uh, hours for them. Um, Broncos, Texans, Chargers, Vikings. Shout out to the Vikings. Shout out to the Bears. The Broncos are somehow 0-2 with a point differential of three. That sucks. <laughs> that Ouch. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's no. the, that and the Chargers minus five is closer than the Vikings minus nine. So is the Cardinals minus seven. There's a lot of bad football teams in the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah, there's a lot of bad football period. So um the Packers are sixth in net points right now. That's crazy to me. Yep. That's bizarre. Yeah. Cowboys, Niners, <laughs> Bills are the only team that's lost a game that are ahead of them. Uh Browns, Ravens. And then the Falcons right. are seventh. Well, how dumb. What Pythagorean record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we Fun should stuff. have won one and a half games, not one. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> All right. Uh, but still still tied for first, so heading into, heading into New Orleans. We're into uh, – we're, we're doing all the injury reports this week. Bakhtiari watch. I'm sure we're going to have some breakdowns. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go through with a fine um, – a fine comb to figure out why this offense keeps messing up in the run game. I I need to know. So that's going to be my focus this week. Last week it was figuring out the wide receiver rotation and me being like, Hey, don't David Wicks actually plays more and is better than you guys think. He ends up leading the team and receiving this week. Um, This week I will solve the run game. I will, I will make, please do. I will make it my ultimate goal. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe if we get lucky, Matt Lafleur might actually listen to you. We'll see. He seemed more pissed <laughs> about the run defense than anything this week. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Well, we don't have another turf game until November 11th. So two more two Thank more goodness. months of Bakhtiari. Let's go. All, All right. right, go pack, go. Go pack, go.